0: Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface-level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian, two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life.
1: So buckle up and don't be shy. Because yep, we're we're going going there. there.
2: Hi, Samantha. Thanks for joining me.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, this is (laughs) obviously some male voices on the podcast and who... Or maybe you were fooled. Yeah. Maybe that's Christian and I's real voices. So who do we have with us,
0: Christian? Our husbands. Our favorite interview yet, guys. We have our husbands on here today. So we're excited for you to get to know them a little bit. You guys want to introduce yourselves?
2: My name is Andrew. I am Christian's husband. This is Justin. I am Samantha's husband.
1: Yes, thank you guys for coming on. I know this is kind of out of your comfort zone, but... Just a little bit. (laughs) We thought if we were going to talk about marriage, we really couldn't just do that from our perspective. And we thought it'd be really fun to have our husbands on. You guys are obviously a really big part of our lives, and our listeners haven't got a chance to know you. And so we just kind of thought when we were talking about marriage, obviously there's so many different angles you could take on that topic. But we wanted to kind of frame it from, what are some mistakes that we've made in marriage? And that kind of sounds like... Debbie Downer, but it is so true because when you're going into marriage, you kind of hear all of the like cliche type things that you should do in marriage be great communicators and do this and that. But we kind of wanted to frame it from the perspective of like, okay, we've both been married for six years now, right? You guys have
0: been married six yeah. years? Coming up on six years next
1: year okay. Week. We're both in our sixth year of marriage. we well, going into our seventh. And so we kind of obviously are not pros. So we didn't want to come about this of like, here's some advice for marriage. So what are the things in our six, seven years of marriage so far that we would say have been really hard things have been kind of mistakes. And how have we learned from them? Maybe how are we still learning from them? What are those things that continuously kind of come up as really big, not even arguments, but just can tend to be the same type of stumbling things in our marriage? Wouldn't you say, Christian?
0: For sure. I mean, obviously, I think if anyone is listening and you are married, you kind of know what we're talking about. And we just wanted to be vulnerable and say, you know, some of these things I think are things that we have already kind of worked through and we've maybe found some good solutions for us in our marriages. But then maybe we're still working through some of this stuff. And so we're excited to share.
1: Okay. So do you want to start? What is the first? I feel like you should start. What is the first mistake that you guys feel like you've had in your marriage?
0: Okay. Yeah. So when we were even planning this episode, Andrew and I sat down and we were like, what are three mistakes? The first one mistake we made was only three ever. (laughs) We only have three mistakes. No, the first mistake that we made is that when someone did something different than how we would have done it, we thought they were wrong. And we couldn't see that maybe their way of doing it was just different.
1: So are you talking about like in how people fold towels differently? Or are you it's like kind
0: of like honestly everything.
2: It's like small quirky things to personality things. Whenever you decide to marry someone, you love certain things about them. Like I love how clean Christian is. And I would always go to her room and I would admire it. But what were now you doing in her room? Well... <laughs> But now that we're married, it's like, oh, that takes a lot of work. And I'm not going to learn that overnight.
0: So it started at little things. We like didn't live together before we got married. And so that was like a really new experience for us. And so we get married, we're living together. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, I hate how you're... Wiping down the counter that has streaks on it, and I do it with no streaks, things like that, to even like big things like how I now talk to our two year old son when I discipline him or whatever. And so, our saying is, it's not wrong, it's just different. And so, we have to every once in a while in arguments and even afterwards, we have to look at each other, even in the moment or like even after, and we'll say, it's not wrong, just different. And I even now say it out loud when I want to like correct him in something. I'm like, why are you not, I don't know, you know, when you fold laundry and you like flick it out so the thing's straight and then you like fold it, just like fold it so it's like wrinkly and then folded and that like drives me nuts. But I'm like, no, I should just appreciate that my husband helps me do laundry and I love that you're a servant hearted man in that way. And so it sounds so stupid, but those are things that over time we were just like, no, not wrong, just different.
2: In quick context, I think our first year of marriage, we were in a small group and we had this amazing couple who led our small group there's actually this one time where it was canceled but we didn't get the message so we pulled up fighting and then we walk in and we have like our like first one-on-one counseling session unofficial it was counseling that's one thing that he brought up and i actually made him a coffee mug that said not wrong just different because it helped us really just gain perspective on there's big important things in life but all of the minuscule, small things that we just prefer one person to do it our way. We don't die on that hill anymore. We just appreciate that we're different from one another.
1: That's so good, though, because I think that's something that, like you said, maybe that's going to be one of those that you'll never fully conquer just figure out a solution to because we're all very selfish people innately and so it's like you're always going to want to think the way that you do something or the way that you think about something is going to be the right way and so maybe there are things though maybe you can't come up with this off the top of your head but has there been anything that either one of you have been like challenged by or even if it's a small thing that you've changed from learning something better from the other person
0: I think part of that saying is also just to gain perspective in the moment because I think When you look at marriages who maybe like are not successful, I think normally it's not like one big thing that you can normally point to. It's a lot of little things. And so I think when Andrew and I have talked about this, like not wrong, just different, it's really us in the moment gaining perspective of the importance of the situation or the matter. And so if anything, it's actually helped us see the better parts of another person because there's certain things like I do do better. And like maybe my way is right in my mind. I mean, again, it's not right or wrong necessarily, but like my way is maybe the better way to do that.
1: Well, there are some ways that are more efficient or like just better ways. And so, and then he
0: obviously does things a better or more right way than I do. So I think then we've like swung to one person's side of things to then like, you know, accomplish a task that could be like, I don't know, how we clean out the garage or how we clear the (laughs) sink every single night because I can't go to bed with a dirty, like a dish.
2: Well, they're the small quirky things, Justin. I'm sure you have some quirky things. Your garage is very organized. Thank you.
0: It's so organized. I don't know if you should see it right now. It's kind of messy right now, but that's not a dig at you. That's just friend. Oh, so right I now. wish. I okay, so not no, wrong, just that's, different.
1: That's good. Like I really think that's valuable to remember. And even if you're not married, I'm sitting here thinking, wow, that's just a valuable lesson to know and to like really understand for any relationship. Maybe in we life. should
0: do that in our friendship.
2: I leave cups all over the house. <laughs> that drove Christian crazy around right when I got married. But I would rather worry about other things and improve other things than just cups around the house. So it's not wrong, it's just different.
0: So that's ours. What's y'all's first
1: one? I feel like our first one, is similar in a way. So we were kind of talking about how... When you are dating, engaged, whatever, you know that there's flaws in that other person and you see them even, like you know they're there, but you're just kind of like not acting like they're a very big deal. But it's something about like right after you get married, you expect for all of those things to go away. So for example, like if I know, Justin, looking back, something that has been, and I really am sorry that I'm throwing you under the bus on this. I feel like not being as you're a major procrastinator major Major. Can I like reiterate? I don't think you guys understand like how major. Major. <laughs> cool. have this you is going to turn yet? into a
3: therapy session.
1: <laughs> like so major. Here's the thing that has been like a huge argument throughout the course of our marriage, whether it's small, tiny little things that need to get done around the house, to like really big, actual like life decisions that have to be made.
2: Like the ceiling fan,
1: <laughs> Andrew. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yes.
3: That was dangerous. I got shocked multiple times. You did times. it. Yeah. I yeah. Did. No yeah. fire.
1: No, so true. And so I think looking back, I knew that about you when we were dating and engaged. Like I saw things about like, I remember one time the house you were living in in college downtown, like you forgot to pay the bill. The electricity got shut off. Don't you think I
0: should have thought about that and been like red flag, red flag, red flag. I'm totally joking. How
3: about the time my car ran out of gas?
0: Yep, yep. I like playing that game. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but
1: have you ever actually ran out of gas? Yep, twice. oh, oh you three guys, times actually. You guys too. are on the same. Okay,
3: much better about
1: So things like that that absolutely can drive me crazy now in marriage, it's sometimes like we just expect that when you say I do, that those things would just poof go away and not be things to like need to grow in. Justin, what do you think about that?
3: I agree with everything you said. We're all going through process. And so... We all went into marriage with flaws, and those flaws don't go away. Obviously, after the honeymoon stage is over, you see those more clearly. But I think for us especially, it's been helpful just to understand that you're in process, I'm in process, and we're working on those flaws.
1: It is that thing of like, we want to give other people grace too. Like we want to understand that other people aren't going to magically become a different person overnight. But for sometimes for our spouse, we just expect that they just get better instantly. It doesn't work that way.
0: And it's different when you see them 24-7. Obviously, sometimes when you're dating or engaged, you're around them for like most of the time, but not all the time. And then you see them more and more and you're like, oh, wait, you're not this perfect human that I kind of pictured in my mind. You have flaws. And now I'm like stuck with those. And so you actually have to work through them. What's another one of y'all's? Ours is about communication, which I know feels cliche because we're here talking about marriage, but we wanted to talk about. I felt like we did premarital counseling, and Andrew and I actually dated for like many years before. So we'd known each other a long time. But when you're engaged and getting ready to be married, people are like communication, communication, communication is key, like hammering this home. And the mistake we made was that although we knew communication was important, we never discussed our style or like method of our communication. What was our method going to look like and how are we going to work that out? So For example, we came to this quote-unquote mistake because we started talking about like, what do we fight about most often? And most often, it's me over-communicating. I remember hearing early on, communicate, communicate. So, I would be like, that's annoying. Or, oh my gosh, you just hurt my feelings. Or like every little thing. I would just like honestly like nitpick Andrew because I'm like, I'm communicating though. This is healthy, blah, blah, blah. And so, he feels totally micromanaged in our marriage.
2: Well, for me, we're all a product of our upbringing. So, I think your family, Christian, did a great job with communicating. And my family just is a family of few words. So whenever we got married and we would have to have tough conversations, we uh, Christian would do emotional and communication laps around me, and then I'd get frustrated and kind of shut down. And I think other guys can kind of relate to this, is that whenever Christian would share, oh, I'm feeling like you don't care about me, I would take that literally, then I get defensive and I'd say, what do you mean I don't care about you? I love you so much. Really kind of talking about the way that we communicate and just if I'm sharing how I'm feeling, it doesn't mean that that's deep down, what I think. Yeah. And so I
0: think when we got to this mistake, we were like, okay, I'm an over communicator. I say probably too much, like too fast before I'm discerning or I seek wisdom in my thoughts or like emotions before I say it to him. And then he's like an under communicator where he like doesn't communicate. And to him, you were describing it kind of like bottles up over time. And in a way you kind of think that's a good thing. You're like, oh, yay, I'm so good because I'm not.
2: I sit and take it all in. And it takes me a while to process it because I'm afraid of saying something that i don't truly mean and so it takes me a while to process it and then christian would get frustrated because she's very quick on her feet and emotions
0: but then you would say like you have emotions you want to communicate but you don't communicate them and then they like, kind of blow up all at once so i just remember this whole thing and we finally figured out we're like oh no it's okay for us to figure out that it's okay if i over communicate if that's my way of communicating that's fine but i also need to then understand that like he is more of a under communicator or like a slow communicator and we never were advised to like talk about our style or method of communication we just were told communication is key and I think that's honestly kind of confusing or at least it was to us and so I think I wish I would have heard no it's okay to talk about what does your alls communication look like and how do your alls personalities work best and what does that look like. Because again, me saying like, well, I feel like you don't care about me was not me literally thinking he didn't care about me, but it was like helpful for me to share my emotion. And then we communicated about that. It sounds so dumb again, but it's really transformed a lot of our conflicts.
2: I think the first libel moment ever is we moved into our house. I left some dishes in the sink. Christian would consistently get frustrated with me. And I didn't understand what the big deal was. And then she finally phrased it in a way that it just kind of all clicked together. But the way she communicated it made me understand very clear. You know, she would say that when you leave dishes in the sink, it makes me feel like you don't value my time because you know that I'll do it. And that takes time out of my day. You get all that just from a glass in the sink. And I'm like, okay, now I understand. Now I won't do it.
1: And I do think it's interesting that you say, it's fine that I over communicate and that he under, but I do think like you can be challenged. And I'm sure over time you both have grown and like you realize you become a gatekeeper of your emotions too, to realize like, it's not actually beneficial for me to tell him like, sometimes I've had to do that in our marriage of like, well... Am I like saying something the very first time something happens or am I giving him an opportunity? Like maybe it's an off day. Am I waiting? Because then if not, you're like constantly just taking apart everything.
0: Yes. When we were talking about this issue, that was one of my exact things. I remember our first year of marriage. I was like the first time something happened, I would say it. And then I'm like, wait, this is like me extending no grace or me never accepting that like he, yeah, could just have an off day or be frustrated at something and like that's okay, but it's not a pattern yet. And so again, it was just one of those things I'm like, I wish someone would have said yeah communication is key but you guys need to figure out what that style looks like for you because I feel like if I would have gone into it like that it would have maybe changed a little bit of a lot of the mistakes probably our conflict
1: our next one's also kind of communication focus but it's okay when we were in marriage counseling or premarital counseling we have done both we did premarital counseling and then we've also had actual marriage counseling a few years ago in our marriage which is amazing. And if anyone ever wants to talk personally about marriage counseling, I don't know. I'm just very go to marriage counseling way before you have issues.
0: Have you guys done marriage counseling? We have gone not necessarily marriage counseling. We do criminal counseling. counseling.
2: And then yeah. there's certain yeah. just things in our life that we've gone to counseling for. I think everybody should go to counseling.
3: It's super helpful.
1: Individually, yeah, marriage. Anyways, that's a tangent. But in our premarital counseling, kind of the main theme of every little thing we talked about was uncommunicated expectations or unrealistic expectations. And when you first hear that, you're like, okay, what? But communicated expectations are unrealistic expectations. So kind of what you guys were talking about with like communicating about communication. In general, when you don't communicate your expectations about anything, it can be as simple as what you're like expecting your schedule every weeknight that week to look. If you think, I'm using this personal example, that we were going to have family dinners every night and get quality time, but the other person is expecting that they would get maybe alone time or hang out with friends versus bigger things of like, I expect for you to comfort me this way when I'm feeling upset. If you don't communicate those things up front, like we can't expect our partner, our spouse to be mind readers or just to be this like magical being that can just like know what we're needing in every moment.
3: Most of our frustrations, especially early in our marriage, came from not communicating things that we expected of one another. And more so because you're kind of like Christian, you're a little bit more verbal than I am. So you did a better job of communicating your needs and some of your expectations. But it's been a huge thing for us to just learn how to communicate hey, this is what I'm expecting when we go over to your parents' house for dinner or when you get home from work today. This is what I'd love for this to look like because I might have something completely different in my head. And if I come home and act a certain way or say, hey, I'm going to go do this or whatever, and it's not what you had planned, but we've never talked about it, it's a fail right there.
0: I remember one of the most like beneficial things we talked about in our premarital counseling too. It was like expectations, and one of them they warned us they were like in your early years of marriage you will experience like, unknown expectations. So you're gonna get upset about something you didn't even know you expected because your dad was always the one to take out the trash. When your husband is like, "Hey, help me pack up the trash," and I get mad about that, I'm gonna be like, "What the heck? I don't take out trash."
1: My dad always filled my car with gas. You don't get <laughs> yeah. my gas,
0: but really, no. I can't even get
3: <laughs> gas in my own car.
0: It really did help sometimes, though, in our first few years of marriage. Because I'm like, I would get upset. And he's like, wait, why are you upset? We've literally never talked about that. And I'm like, well, I didn't know I was going to be upset about that. But I am. That was expected of me.
1: It's so true. And Justin, when you said something about going to parents' house, that just triggers even something I remember after we had our daughter, it was something where we would maybe, Justin's family lives in town and we spend a lot of time with them. And if we go over for dinner or whatever, I remember we'd go over there and we would have never communicated about, hey, a lot of times moms are strict on like bedtimes and schedules. And we would never say like, hey, it's really important that we get Emerson back home at this time so we can do like the bedtime routine. Because honestly, if it's every once in a while, I was always the type of mom that's like, let it go, whatever. But when we're seeing them that consistent, It would be like, we can't every night be over there until 10 p.m. with our three month old. So I vividly remember getting in like a lot of fights of being like, I'm really frustrated. Like you put me in a weird position. We needed to go two hours ago, but you didn't lead that. And it's not my family. So I don't want to be the rude one. So like we quickly learned, hey, let's set the expectations for what that's going to look like before we walk at the door and say like, hey, let's try to leave by this time. Will you please like initiate us leaving? So it's not the daughter-in-law that's just trying to like eat and run. Those are just like little examples. But I was going to say, this is one to me that has become just like so second nature, not to say that we're perfect at it, but it's definitely not one of those things in our marriage now where we have to be like proactively talking about it all the time. It's just become part of our marriage, I would say. Wouldn't you agree? Maybe everyone's not with big things, but overall, I think you do just kind of learn how to communicate about that stuff.
0: And I think it changes with seasons too. I mean, we almost put this on our list and then I saw it on y'all's list, so we didn't talk about it, but it was like very high on the list. But Andrew, you were saying that, like, even with two kids, our life has changed some. And so expectations look different of night. And there were even some seasons we, like, got in this routine for a while. We would, like, text each other a number on a scale from 1 to 10 of, like, where our energy level was at, like, 4 p.m. each day. It probably lasted for, like, six months we did this.
1: That takes a lot of energy just so to do what? that. We both just <laughs> needing to,
0: like, check in, like, yeah. where's your energy for at for the night? This was, like, in newborn stages with our first son. But communicating expectations sets you up for success.
2: I think as life gets more complicated, work increases, kids take a lot of energy and time. So the amount of time that you have together, and Christian works on Sundays, and so we really only get Saturday together. And so if we have different expectations, we kind of clash there, and then we're not able to enjoy our one day together. So it has kind of come second nature, hey, what are expectations for this weekend? And if you would have told me that that's how we would communicate now, when we were getting married, I'd probably laugh because it sounds cheesy, but it really is really productive.
1: Yeah. And it just does become like natural. It is funny how that's how ours will be like, what are you like thinking this week will look like or this weekend? Or yeah, it's just funny. But jumping, what is y'all's third biggest mistake?
0: Ours is pretty generic. It's not really like specific to marriage necessarily, but again, knowing just details of our relationship a little bit. We started dating when I was 14, he was 15. So we would known each other a long time. And then we ended up getting married when we were like early 20s. So we had a lot of, you could say, baggage walking in. And so our third one is really just this mistake of not always assuming the best of the other person and assuming and championing growth in the other person. Because we have known each other for so long, I think sometimes in our marriage, it's been easy to assume the worst or assume the previous problem the person had. So if that was like a problem with how he communicated to me or how he would get overwhelmed or whatever like I assume that he's just going to act the same way as he did the last time rather than giving him the benefit of the doubt and assuming growth and assuming that he's worked on something or that I can like trust him to handle that thing that time or whatever it may be I'll be the first to say I'm not very good at always assuming the best because I'm just critical sometimes so I really try to work on it but it is something I'm trying to learn through those mistakes.
2: I think all of us are blessed here, because I think we can genuinely say that we married good-hearted people, God-fearing people, and so when your expectations are met, kind of going off that, you can really sit there to throw yourself a pity party. Or if Christian's running late from wine night. It was kind of a roller coaster of emotions. Christian walks in the door and she goes, "Are you okay?" I'm like, eh, "I've had a lot of emotions, but yeah, I'm good because she was out with a friend. I know that she's a good-hearted person. That she..." wasn't even though it was inconvenience to me i'm juggling two kids and one in the bath and one throwing pizza everywhere i know that what christian's doing is intentional and that she's a god-fearing woman and that she would never intentionally do something to hurt me so it kind of just helps frame my mindset and allows me to kind of decompress just to assume the best in her
1: that's harder in the moment, though. I feel like that's usually after that. I'm like, oh, yeah, like I know they didn't do that intentionally. But in the moment, it's hard to get your mind to go there. So I think it's good to try to train ourselves to do that.
0: Guys, this did happen yesterday. I walked in yesterday. And I'm like, are you mad? He was like, I've been on a roller coaster of emotions and just looks at me. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. I did not mean to be there that long. And he was like, no, it's OK. It's like totally fine.
3: You're a good husband. That was a very mature response. Thank you, Justin. I didn't hear you. What would you say? I'll speak up. You're a good husband very mature (laughs) response.
0: Okay. So what's your alls?
1: Okay. Our third one is kind of going off of that too, in a way. I like how these are all kind of going back and forth, but this might only apply to couples that are very verbal in arguments because Justin and I are both very verbal communicators. And I feel like when you start out, when you're dating or engaged or whatever, your things you're fighting about, maybe like you're getting into intense fights, but you're like, keeping it at a minimum. And I think something that we were told early on and kind of our third one is not letting yourself cross too many boundaries and arguments or in ways that you like try to hurt one another. So, and again, just being really vulnerable. Like I think we all do that, whether we're realizing we're doing it or not. Maybe you're not the person that's like intentionally saying something hurtful, but you're like doing something that is going to get back at them in some way. Or just like even in a way we treat One another of not honoring their time, or like you guys are saying, whatever it is, I think it's like letting yourself cross that line. So when you're first married, like you kind of have these mental boundaries. I would never say this or do this or like let an argument get to this place. But I think as Okay, you have kids and you're sleepless nights. Like, don't you guys feel like you say the most horrible
0: things to one another at like 3 a.m.? Oh, yeah. We just ended up like not talking at 3 a.m. We we're like no longer talking. We just signal to each other and then we're like, You like
1: want to talk at 3 a.m. because you're so angry and not at the screaming baby. That baby is screaming that you literally are like, I have to let this singer out. So we are at one another. You end up saying things or just like acting in ways that sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, you kind of let that threshold keep increasing. And I think that that is something like, I was thinking the other day, And this is going to sound naive, but how could someone get divorced just because you're so connected with your spouse and you're so like intimate in every single level of like them knowing you better than anyone else in the world. And hopefully that's the goal of marriage. Like if you have a healthy marriage. And so to me, it's like, how could you even ever divorce someone and like lose that connection? But then I think like, obviously no one starts out that way. You don't wake up and just decide to get divorced. I think it is like little things you do and not just in arguments. Obviously there's other reasons that lead to divorce, but I do think that's a big part of it. It's just like letting yourself get one notch. Oh, I know what's going to hurt them. I'm going to say it. And then the next time it's like, you're kind of building on that. And again, maybe some people might not see right off the bat how that could be them in their marriage. But I think if you dig down, there's things that happen in your relationship that come out in that same way, even if it isn't like a verbal back and forth. Do you guys feel like you have that happen?
0: No, I mean, you and I have talked about this some, but like, I don't think Andrew and I are necessarily like verbal arguers. We don't necessarily like cross boundaries. Now, when you talk about like intentionally trying to use certain things to hurt someone.
3: Well, it's kind of interesting for us. And I think you could, do this with any of the things that we've talked about tonight is like when you get married, you say all the stuff like, I'll never do that. We're never going to say those things to each other. We're never going to have communication issues, whatever. You never think you're going to have issues. I'm sure we've said or would have said, we're never going to say these things. Yeah. And like you said, we've crossed boundaries in some verbal arguments that looking back, you're like, gosh, I never thought we would say that. So I think it's important Want to recognize that and then reconcile, repair the relationship. And you have to be really committed to trying not to cross those boundaries again.
1: Because even though Christian and Andrew don't do
0: yeah. that. I no, <laughs> <laughs> did not mean it like that. I already I told you. Well, everybody hard.
3: communicates differently. We've yeah, learned that tonight. I mean, and that's, sure. everybody communicates differently. I so.
2: internalize things and bite my tongue and take it out in different ways. We all think those things. We all get hurt by our spouses because we're sinful people and we're not perfect. And kind of like what you said, Samantha, we know what makes the other person tick. And so I think it's a slippery slope when it comes to little phrases or words or names or
1: i'm trying to connect with some of my friends we've talked about that like aren't verbal but have other things of like maybe withholding and i'm not even talking like physical intimacy i'm talking about just with connection because you're like mad at your spouse like using these kind of things in our head as this like game of like well i'm kind of mad at you for this so like you're not getting this back if you don't do that in some way i think that you're probably not human
2: justin's not getting his ice cream that night
1: yeah. <laughs> (laughs) Anyways I do think there are people that do it verbally too so like practically yes to that but also like challenge you to think about how you might do that in other ways too because as I was thinking about it I was like I think there's so many ways we can do that even just like you were saying a lot of these don't just apply to marriages in other relationships and friendships and like sibling or parent relationships like we all kind of do all of these things and so it's good to think through.
0: That's why I think this conversation has been helpful. I hope everyone else has thought it was helpful as well. I think any of these things can be applied to a lot of different relationships. And I think really all of them come down to us being more just aware and on guard kind of of like what sinful people we are and also recognizing maybe how those like become tendencies or can repeat with relationships or conversations we have. Just even being aware of those to be obviously like God glorifying in our relationships and especially marriage because it's a gift. So we hope it's been fun. Thanks boys for joining joining us. Thanks for having us. Guys, they made it. They're both swaying. They're like, We we did it.
1: Okay, well, we'll talk to you guys next time. Hey, thanks for going there with us.
0: If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast.
1: And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend.
0: Talk to you soon.